Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 4 of Revelation chapter 7, and we're continuing to look at verses 4 and 5. Revelation 17, verses 4 and 5. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Well, we uh, discussed the woman and the scarlet-colored beast, and the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones. And we saw how the woman is Babylon, and Babylon is the kingdom of Satan, that the kingdom he ruled over, which consists of unsaved mankind throughout all history, right from the very beginning in the Garden of Eden. And so now at this point we're going to look at the end of verse 4, the last part of verse 4, which says of the woman having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. Now God makes mention of this cup in the book of Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 51, we read in verse 7, Babylon hath been a golden cup in Jehovah's hand that made all the earth drunken. The nations have drunken of her wine, therefore the nations are mad. Now, Revelation 17.4 tells us what's in the cup. Here in Jeremiah 51.7, God tells us that Babylon hath been this cup in his hand, which means that it's been the Lord's will, because the hand in the Bible represents the will. And here, um, since Babylon has been a golden cup in Jehovah's hand, it means it it has been God's will concerning Babylon uh, that the earth be drunken because the nations have drunken of her wine. That means they've drunken that which was within that cup. And Revelation 17.4 tells us in the cup, in her hand, is full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. So it's it's all the evil deeds, it's the wickedness and the the idolatry. It, it's all the ugly sin that we see multiplied in the world today. And God, for instance, has especially when He loosed Satan, uh, He increased the wickedness in the world by removing His hand of restraint off of the hearts of men. Remember what we uh, read um, when we went through Second Thessalonians 2 a while back 
in Second Thessalonians 2, which is the chapter where the Lord speaks of there must be a falling away first before the coming of Christ. That's the apostasy in the church at, at the time of the end, the, the time uh, of the great tribulation. And then Satan takes his seat in the temple as the man of sin, showing himself he's God. Well, in that context, God says in Second Thessalonians 2, in verse 6 and 7, And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he who now letteth, and the Greek word translated as letteth, really has the idea of holdeth, only he who now holdeth will Hold, or as it says here in the King James, only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. That is, the Holy Spirit is he that withholds or holds back and he will hold back until he be taken out of the way. And that's the mystery of iniquity. It's a mystery because mankind is desperately wicked, the Bible says. His heart is is um, desperately wicked. And and yet, throughout the history of the world, or much of its history, man, um, yes, was evil and did evil things, but the degree, the, the amount of the evil was greatly restrained by the Spirit of God who was holding back the natural wickedness of man all over the earth. God restrains sin for his own purposes because the world had to go on and continue. And we see now um, in, in just the last few decades, since God has lifted that hand of restraint more and more, and, and we just see the the... Uh, tremendous increase in evil all over the earth and we do wonder well how much longer can this go on how much more evil can things get and at, at what point do we plumb the depths of wickedness and it doesn't seem like there is a point we we continually hear of just um, more awful and ugly Sins that the people are involved in, and yet we we just can't imagine a world continuing this way for any real length of time. That's why God had to restrain the natural evil within man, whose heart was deceitful and desperately wicked above all things. Jeremiah seventeen nine tells us. So God kept a lid on. This true nature of man, because he had an evil heart of unbelief, until the time of the end, to coincide with Satan's loosing, God loosed Satan, and Satan was the beast who took his seat in the temple. He began to rule in the churches. He was the abomination of desolation. And also in the world now, God... Uh, as it were, took a step back 
And people began to do what comes natural to them. Uh, you know, the sin we see today is a more accurate and true portrayal of the heart of man than past generations. And we, we sort of, um, those of us who are older, we long for the, the previous generation. Oh, it, uh, we, we think people were so much nicer. People were so much warmer. There was decency and morality. Well, yeah, that was due to the Spirit of God restraining their natural tendencies. But now God is not restraining what comes natural to man since he's in this fallen condition. And this is more accurate. It, it is truer to the nature of man when we read the paper today or hear about all these evil things. And 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 as we, uh, well, uh, do we have to read the paper? God wrote about it nearly 2,000 years ago in Romans chapter 1, where he says in verse 24 and following, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever Amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lusts one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness. Now God's going to list the sins that are so prevalent and and everywhere today, and He's going to list twenty three sins. The number twenty three identifies with the Great Tribulation, and uh, as the Great Tribulation was 23 years, in actuality, May 21, 1988, through May 21, 2011. And, and so he says in Romans 1, 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, bolsters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. 23 awful sins. Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Now, God did this, as we read in um, in Jeremiah 
51.7 because Babylon, the kingdom of Satan, and, and Satan, the more evil men become, or it's not that they're becoming more evil, the, the more ability they have to express the evil that's within, then, then Satan is served all the more. So he becomes greater and his rule over the nations was exalted in a, in this, uh, horrible way during that little season of the great tribulation. And during that time, Babylon becomes a golden cup in Jehovah's hand that made all the earth drunken, full of this abominations and filthiness of fornication. The nations have drunken of her wine. Therefore, the nations are mad. And the, the word mad in Jeremiah 51, 7 can also be translated as, as boasting or foolish. And in the previous chapter of Jeremiah 50, in Jeremiah 50, verse 38, it uses that word mad and says a drought is upon her waters. They shall be dried up, for it is the land of graven images, and they are mad upon their idols. They boast uh, concerning their their idols, their idolatry. And that's um, significant because of the word abominations. It, you know, we're um, used to reading of the abomination of desolation. Remember that in... Matthew 24, and it is the same word that we have in our verses here in Revelation 17. Let me read that again, just to remind us in Revelation 17, 4, concerning this golden cup in her hand, full of abominations. And then God said in verse 5, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, and abominations of the earth. So Babylon is the mother of abominations. Abominations come forth from Babylon, from this beginning kingdom of Satan that goes all the way back to um, the Garden of Eden. And and in Matthew 24, we uh, find God speak of abominations in the context of the Lord Jesus answering the disciples' question, What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And as part of that answer, Christ says in verse 14 of Matthew 24, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Now, again, we're familiar with these verses. We, we've discussed them before. But um, the word abominations, it we haven't really looked into that word. What does that mean when God says, when you see the abomination of 
desolation. And we, we understand, uh, when you see it, then you're to flee Judea and go to the mountains. And, and that is language, uh, that is commanding the people of God to come out of the church because it says when you see the abomination of desolation stand in the holy place, and the holy place is where the holy Bible is, and the holy Bible has been housed within churches and congregations throughout the entire church age, nearly two millennium, almost 2,000 years, and that, that's the only holy place in the New Testament. And so God says, when you see, not with your physical eyes, and this is a good example that we have to allow the Bible to define its own terms, and we look up this word, see, and it actually means to understand or to see through faith as you read the Bible is really what it means when you come to know, and and that's why God says in other places, such as Ecclesiastes chapter 8, a wise man's heart discerns time and judgment. They, they come to know. And or in Daniel 12 and verse 10, the wise will understand, but none of the wicked will understand. And it's interesting, in that verse in Daniel 12:10 what comes after that well let's let's go back to Daniel 12 and I'll start in verse 9 and he said go thy way Daniel for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end many shall be purified and made white and tried but the wicked shall do wickedly and none of the wicked shall understand but the wise shall understand because Wise man's heart discerneth time and judgment. The wise are the true believers. They are the elect that, that possess wisdom. Wisdom is Christ. The Spirit of God indwells them, illuminating the scripture, um, like the five wise virgins that, that had their lamps and oil in their lamps so they could light them. And, and then they see. And, and so, um, here in Daniel 12, the wise understand, but none of the wicked. Then in verse 11, And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, and the abomination that maketh desolate set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. So in, in the very place where God says the wise will understand, he mentions the abomination of desolation. And it, it's the same abomination because the Lord Jesus told us in Matthew twenty four fifteen, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. And, and there it is. At the time when the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end, and, and that implies at the time of the end, they'll be unsealed. Then the wise will understand, and what will they they see? First of all, they'll see the abomination. They'll see that abomination of desolation. It's also mentioned in Daniel 11, in verse 31. And arms shall stand on his part, 
and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength, and shall take away the daily sacrifice, and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. And God speaks of uh, abominations also in um, Daniel 9. So three times in the book of Daniel, the abomination that maketh desolate. And since uh, our word in in the New Testament, which is a Greek word for abominations, is being taken from Daniel, or it's a word that identifies with this word abominations in the book of Daniel in the Hebrew, then we have an equivalent word. And the Hebrew word, which is Strong's 82.51, is um, the equivalent word to the uh, Greek word, which I don't think I mentioned, is Strong's number 946, found in Revelation 17, 4 and 5, and in Matthew 24, verse 15. And this word in the Old Testament is also translated as detestable. It's a detestable thing, an abominable thing. The abomination that maketh desolate, the daily is taken away. And that would refer to the Holy Spirit coming out of the midst of the church. And the abomination that maketh desolate, Satan would embody this abomination, is set up. He takes his seat in the temple. Now Satan rules in the congregations. But there's something that that um, this word abomination involves that we we all should be aware of if we turn to first kings chapter 11 when we look up this word uh, strong's 8251 in the old testament we find it is often associated with idols or idolatry in first kings 11 verse 4 through 8 it says for it came to pass when Solomon was old, that his wives turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not perfect with Jehovah his God, as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of Jehovah, and went not fully after Jehovah, as did David his father. Then did Solomon build a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, in the hill that is before Jerusalem, and for Molech, the abomination of the children of Ammon. And likewise did he for all his strange wives, which burnt incense and sacrificed unto their gods. So this word abomination is here used of false gods. Those that are receiving worship that are not the true God. That's an abomination. That That's a detestable thing to God. It's abhorrent. It, it is that which he despises. Uh, we, we also find in Deuteronomy chapter 29 that it says in verses 16... In 17, for ye know how we have dwelt in the land of Egypt, 
and how we came through the nations which ye pass by, and ye have seen their abominations and their idols, wood and stone, silver and gold, which were among them. There God joins abominations with their idols, and that's the idea. So, of course, we we have realized this, but maybe we haven't fully realized it. As as we read in Second Thessalonians 2, where it says at the end of verse 3, There come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. God left the church, Satan entered in, to be worshipped as God. And that is an abomination. Of course, it's an abomination of desolation, because there's no life, there's no living water, there there's no fruit. It's a barren wilderness, but it is an abomination that Satan is in the church. Every church in all the world, Catholic, Protestant, Independent, House Church, it doesn't matter what kind of church, he he entered into the church and took his seat to rule, to receive worship. And when people went to church, God wasn't there. The Holy Spirit had removed himself. God had abandoned the church and turned it over to Satan. And that's why it's such a terrible thing. It's an awful thing. God commanded his people, come out and and flee to the mountains. Go to the word of God and and worship me, the Lord, there through his word in spirit and in truth in an individual way. But in the church, there is worship taking place. And when people go to church, they are not worshiping the true God of the Bible. They are not offering worship to God, and they haven't been since God left the congregation, and that abomination was established there, and it's an awful thing, especially today, when people ought to know better. They they do know better. They've heard They've been warned, and they're going back to church, back to the place that has been established as an abomination in the sight of God. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.